Coffee with Colby, episode eight. Let's go. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to today's episode of Coffee with Colby, the show that's about helping you put your best foot forward on your professional path. In the time it takes to enjoy a cup of coffee, we're going to cover the challenges that crop up in the workplace and how to balance your career and your personal life. This is all of the stuff that you need to know that they didn't teach you in school. Thanks for tuning in. As always, I'm Colby Reed, and this is my show. Now, today, we're going to talk about job hunting, and more specifically, the tools and strategies that are going to help you get that next job. Most specifically, we're going to talk about one strategy in particular. Now, I'm willing to bet whether you're a recent grad fresh out of school looking for your first gig or you're an established professional making the leap from one career to the next, you're spending a lot of time doing three things. You're writing and rewriting your resume, obsessing over every phrase, every line, every word. You're writing and rewriting your cover letter, obsessing over every phrase, every line, every word, and you're constantly searching job boards and company websites looking for openings. Now, don't get me wrong. Having a good resume is important and one of the first steps that you need to take. Having a good cover letter that is customized to the job is also important and one of the first steps that you need to take. Looking out for new gigs also important, something you should be doing on a regular basis. And we're going to talk about strategies for how to maximize all of those on future episodes. But none of those should be your primary focus, the thing that you're investing the most time in when you're looking for that next gig. There's one step that a lot of professionals skip, they ignore, they avoid, or they don't even know to do. And it is without question, the most critical step in finding a new job. It is a strategy that allows you to sell yourself directly without any specific pressure. It allows you to make important contacts, sometimes with absolutely no previous introduction. And in my experience, it is the absolute best way to land a quality opportunity. What I'm talking about is the informational interview. And today, we're going to talk about why informational interviews are so important and valuable, how they work and how to get them, and then also how to make them work for your job search. Now, if you're not familiar, an informational interview is exactly what it sounds like. You are requesting time to meet with someone who is established in their career to interview them and get information about their company, their role, their career path, some combination of the three. Now, Let's say that you want to get a job as a paralegal at a big law firm in your city. What you need is to find some way to get in front of the key decision makers in that firm. Because the fact is, very, very, very few professionals find jobs these days by blindly sending their resumes in to a job ad. Companies do post ads for compliance reasons, and I'm sure that occasionally someone gets a job through that process but the vast majority of jobs are found by having a contact within the organization who can serve as a reference because what happens is those job ads attract anywhere between 10 to 20 to 200 to 2000 potential resumes and there is no way that a busy HR person or recruiter can review any of those in significant depth but if you have a two-line email from a colleague that says, hey, so-and-so is going to apply for the, super, the junior assistant job. I worked with them on X project. They're a pretty good candidate. You should meet with them. That is going to carry so much more weight than a million good resumes can. It, it's going to pull your resume out of that big pile and put a big spotlight on it 
and give you a better shot of actually getting an interview and getting a job. Now, I'm actually speaking for experience here. I have personally been involved in dozens of hiring decisions at multiple firms, and practically every person who came on board had some sort of contact within the organization. In fact, most of the companies that I've worked for have have outwardly said, our people are our best recruiters. It's not that they're not open to an outsider with a strong resume. It's just it's so difficult to get that resume in front of the right person and get the right set of eyes on it. And if you can have somebody who says, look at this specific person and this specific resume, it is such a big help. Now, some are going to chalk that up to cronyism, but I don't necessarily for two reasons. One, in in the world of informational interviews, as we're going to talk about, it really does level the playing field. A college student fresh out of school with no experience, no background can call up practically anyone and request an informational interview. And in a lot of cases, they're going to get it. So there's a lot of great opportunities for you to make contacts within organizations. There's another piece that you have to think about here in terms of why organizations prefer to hire people that they may already have a relationship with. The hiring process is time-consuming and expensive. And if I'm hiring for a role, I've already got a need and my team is probably already feeling stretched thin. If I'm bringing someone on board, that's going to stretch everyone even thinner for the first few months because we have to invest time in training them, integrating them into our company's culture, and and so on. So if I'm going to walk through that process, I want to be absolutely certain I have the best possible candidate lined up. In this day and age... It is way too easy to make yourself look good on a resume and then fake your way through an interview. But if I have someone who knows my capabilities within the organization and can speak to my specific experience and how it applies to this particular role, it makes me all the more attractive as a candidate. It tells the hiring manager far more than any resume could. It's going to tell them better than any resume that I can get this job done. Now, in some circles, we call this getting over the wall. It's almost like each company is a fortress and you need someone who can help you get over that drawbridge so you can get in and make contacts within the company and demonstrate your skills and start building those relationships so that they can advocate for you when an opportunity presents itself. So this is all fine and good, but let's say you're that 22-year-old who's fresh out of school, you don't know any of the key players in your market, you don't have a, a big network, you don't have a lot of background, Or let's say you've spent the last 15 years of your life selling industrial electronic components, and now you want to transition into a career in the healthcare sector. Again, you've been working for a long time, but you don't have the right, the quote-unquote right context. How are you supposed to build that network so that you have someone on the inside of the organization you're applying for? Well, let's say using the law example of Janice Q. Snicklefritz, uh, let's say you're cold calling on one of these firms and say, hi, I'm, I'm Janice Q. Snicklefritz. I'd like to talk with you about a job in your law firm as a paralegal. The odds are they won't even pick up the phone. You might get someone from HR on the line, but the odds are they're just going to point you to the career page on your website. And so that doesn't help you a whole lot. That's really not a strong way to build those critical relationships. But Let's say you call up that same attorney and you say, Hi, I'm Janice Q. Snicklefritz. I'm going to be graduating from Oklahoma State University this May with a degree in political science. 
I'm very interested in pursuing a legal career, and I was wondering if you could spare 20 to 30 minutes for an informational interview. I'd be happy to meet at your office, over coffee, whatever is convenient for you. This right here is what an informational interview is about. It's a low-pressure ask to get to know someone. They know that you're not going to hit them up for a job because you know they aren't interviewing for, for a position, and you know that they're not interviewing you for a position, so there's no pressure on you. This isn't like an official job interview. You obviously want to put your best foot forward, but there's no job to be had, so it's, it, it takes the stress level for everybody down two or three notches. The other great thing about these informational interviews is people like talking about their work. They like talking about their career, and a lot of people want to help others as they advance in their career, particularly people who are just breaking into an industry, either fresh out of school or making a career jump. People by nature want to help. Now, if you go to my LinkedIn page, you're going to see that I've worked for eight or nine different companies in various roles throughout my career. If you count college internships, every single one of those came about through some form of networking and almost all of them came about because of informational interviews. Not one of these did I just send my resume in and cross my fingers. In fact, when I decide it's time to move to a new role or jump from from one career and, and start all over, the first thing that I do is start by reaching out to my network for informal coffee meetings to learn about what's happening in other companies, other fields, other sectors, etc. Now again, no one informational interview is going to get you a gig, but that informational interview is likely going to open the door that will open the door that will open the door that will get you the gig. Here's how it works. You're going to identify your first list of people to reach out to, and I'm going to suggest that you find about 10 to 20 people if you can find people that you already know or you have some sort of relationship with, if, if your network is really thin, then at least try and do 50-50. Find some people that you already know and then some folks that you've never met before but you know you want to work for their company or you might want to work for their organization and you're going to just kind of blind email them. Depending on your background and the state of your industry, probably about 40% of those are going to say yes. So you're going to get a meeting, and during that meeting, you're going to be able to provide some of your background. You're going to show them your resume. You're going to share where you are, where you are in your career, where you want to go. And it's critical that you make this happen. You need to make sure that you are demonstrating who you are and where you fit in their career landscape. What's great is when you've done this, you can then ask point blank, what am I missing skills-wise? Is there something I'm not thinking about in this career move? If they have something for you to work on, that's fantastic. It gives you something beyond just working on monster.com and tweaking your resume, something to focus on. If not, if they say your resume is right where it should be, you're right on target, even better. Now you've just got to find, you've got to wait until you find the right opportunity. Then after you've gone through this process, you're going to ask if they can refer you to anyone else for a similar meeting. The odds are they will have at least one, maybe two names. So by following this pattern, you wind up with this ongoing rhythm of introductions that rapidly expands your network. You're going to have interview A gets you connected to interviews B and C, which gets you connected to interview D, which gets you connected to interviews E, F, G, and H, and so on. You also are showing all of these people your background and you're able to soft sell your own skills. So they may not have a gig for you right then, but one may open up in two months or four months, and then they may be ready to hire you. True story. My senior year of college, 
I was able to set up an informational interview with the program director and news director at KXL Radio in Portland. They had nothing for me at the time, and I was, you know, I was midway through my senior year, so I was down in Eugene, Oregon, so I wasn't going to be moving up to Portland, but I was able to show them my portfolio and make that introduction. The summer that I graduated, they had an opportunity to present itself. I got an offer to join their team, and I was, was off and running. Another true story. Now, this one is a bit more extreme and rare, but it does show how powerful these interviews can be in the right circumstances. When I wanted to move from broadcasting to marketing and communications, I had an informational interview with the local manager of a radio station. I didn't have any sales background. I had very little marketing experience. But in the 30 to 45 minute conversation that we had, I was able to lay out my skill set and help connect the dots between what I'd been doing in news and what I wanted to do in marketing. She saw the potential I could have at that station and offered to give me a formal job interview the next week. Within a month, I had a formal offer to join their team. Now, I don't want to give you false hope here. Not every informational interview is going to result in a job. In fact, out of eight career moves, I've had it happen kind of twice. When I transition careers, it's going to take between 20 and 50 coffee meetings before I get a meeting that leads to an offer. And that can be, you know, 20, 25 meetings. If I'm jumping, you know, if I'm moving from one PR agency to another, it can be 50 to 60 meetings if I'm trying to move from journalism to communications. But every single one of those meetings is beneficial. First, it builds my network. Second, it gives me insight into the field or companies that I'm looking at that helps hone my search and and gives me something to focus on. And most importantly, third, it keeps me occupied. Believe me, I know it is maddening to scan the same 10 job postings on monster.com for three months and have no additional movement of any kind. It, it, It drives me nuts. So now we know how important informational interviews can be. And we have a sense of kind of what to expect for them, but how do we make them successful? What does a good informational interview look like? There are about five basic rules that you need to follow. The first is to plan for about 30 to 40 minutes maximum. Odds are you're going to try and set it up for 20 to 30, but if you can, keep them there as long as possible. You want to offer to meet by phone, but try to get the person in person. Uh, We're always our most impressive when we're in person. We give our our best projection of ourselves in person. Meeting for coffee is my favorite because it's informal, but meet for a drink after work if that's what they want. Swing by their office, that's also good. I also can't underscore this enough. If you ask for the meeting and you say, let's meet for coffee or a drink, you have to wait for them to arrive before you order and also insist on paying. Consider that five to 10 bucks a meeting a worthy investment in your future. I will tell you, I've had instances where I have met with somebody who asked me out for coffee and they let me pay and it was kind of tacky. Second rule, do not come to the table with expectations. As I said, if you even hint that you're hoping for a job, it's going to turn the other person off completely. You want to use language that says, effectively, I am I understand there's no opportunity here, but how can I best prepare myself for when an opportunity is available? So I know you're not hiring right now, but if you were, what would you look for in a successful candidate? Or I know you don't have any openings right now, but by chance, do you know if anyone else in the industry is hiring? Third rule, have specific questions for the person who you're meeting. Review their LinkedIn review their biography online, know who they are, what they do, and have relevant questions that will make the conversation a benefit to you. 
we live in a time where it is unacceptable for you to not have a sense of who that person is sitting across the table. I can tell in two seconds when I sit down with someone if they're just meeting with me because they think they need they need to meet with me or if they've done their homework on who I am and they have a purpose for this conversation. Fourth rule, and I already touched on this a little bit, but be prepared to summarize yourself. You have to take the opportunity, even if it's two minutes at the very end of the conversation, to explain your background and why you want to get into X field or work with Y company. Again, you only may get a minute or two to slip this in, but you have to sell yourself a little bit so that they get a sense of who you are and what you can bring to the table so that if an opportunity presents itself, your top of mind is the best candidate. And the fifth rule, and perhaps the most important, is always ask for help with the next step. Don't just assume that this person is going to gush over how wonderful you are. Now, they can't help to wait. They can't uh, wait to introduce you to all their friends. Ask for their help. Can they introduce you to someone else for an informational interview? If you see that they're connected with somebody that you want to make a contact with on LinkedIn, would, you, would they mind making an introduction? Will they review your resume? Will they recommend you for something? Is there anything they can do to help move you closer to that goal? And of course, when you're done, and this is not negotiable, send a thank you note, handwritten. It's a thoughtful touch that takes five minutes and it will really help you stand out. I know that there's debate and discussion over do you do a handwritten thank you note or do you do an email thank you note send a handwritten thank you note i will tell you that i have saved every handwritten thank you note i've gotten from every informational interview it has always made a special impression on me and every person that i've ever met with i've sent them a thank you note so to wrap up for the day informational interviews are not the only job hunting tool you should be using. Yes, you need a sharp resume and a customized cover letter. Yes, you need the right skills to do the job. Yes, you need to keep your eyes on what openings are popping up at what different companies. But informational interviews are the best way to build your network in a rapid but low-pressure fashion. It still takes a few months. Uh, The general stat that I've heard is For every $10,000 in salary you expect to make, it takes about a month of looking to find that job. So, you know, that's not an exact science, but keep that in mind. And I can almost guarantee you that booking these meetings on a regular basis. So if you're meeting people, you know, when, when I'm going through a career change, my goal is to have two to three informational interviews per week. So if you're getting, you know, one, two, three meetings per week on a regular basis, that will eventually get you the job that you want. And that's it for episode eight, episode nine coming at you before you know it. As always, please make sure you subscribe to the show and would really appreciate it if you drop us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, It's a big help in getting the word out to others who may need some advice on their own career path because it, Uh, those reviews bump us up in the iTunes rankings. And of course, give us a shout on social media. If you like what you're hearing, we'd love your feedback. We'd also love if you'd share this with your friends on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever network you're on, LinkedIn. Uh, I'm Colby Reed on Twitter, at Colby Reed, C-O-L-B-Y-R-E-A-D-E. We'd really appreciate it if you tell your friends to give us a listen. And uh, with that, I'm Colby Reed, and we'll talk next time.